This is The Reality Dysfunction. Greetings, Dysfunctionals. Dr. Ernesto back at you with the rest of the Dysfunctional crew to talk about the latest edition in the Selena Quintanilla epic. We decided to watch the show for a couple of reasons. The main one being the tsunami of haterism that flooded social media after the show premiered. Sure, the wigs left something to be desired, but let's be real. Chicanos and Latinos are always complaining, and rightfully so, about representation in the media. And here's a dysfunction alert. We loved it. Anything for Salinas. So let's just go talk some shit right now. Is Ernesto Morales, Prescott, Arizona? Carolina uh, Sanchez in the Inland Empire, California. Maria Zavala Paredes, I am in Northern Atlant, uh, call Michigan too. I'm Cecilia Lovetto, coming from the Detroit area. Carlos Hernandez coming from San Antonio, Texas. Dan Sosa in Sagra, Michigan. I'm Alexandra Lozada, coming from the East Coast. Where Carlos Vega coming from? Soon to be, fuck you, Trump. Not <laughs> you don't live in DC anymore. Washington DC. <laughs> This is Reiner Delgado on I-69 between oh mile marker 111. <laughs> so we have a we have a remote location today. That's good. All right. So Selena, it got panned. People hated it. They were all like, "The wigs suck." Blah blah blah. But I thought it was a really great show. I mean, I, I loved freaking it. loved it. What's you know what? Though? I like it. I didn't hear any of those, but. Well, I had a bunch of hater ass Chicanos and Chicanas on my I don't Facebook. Read none of that hater shit. But the hair was horrible. <laughs> I will say that. That was my biggest thing to get through was the hair. Because I was like, you knew so many people were gonna watch this. It's freaking Selena, of course. And you didn't even put together a decent hair budget. Yeah. Yeah, but the hair in the 80s was terrible. So I think Dude, but, but no, those were bad know, wigs. If you know that wigs, they were still bad though. Hey, horrible homie. wigs. I had Horrible gray hair in the 80s. What are you talking about? It was like all the way <laughs> no, down my back, like, almost to my like, butt, dude. Like Juan Carlos said, it's the wigs. But, like, if you know anything about wigs, they were some cheap-ass wigs. All you needed to get was some uh, gay or, or, or gay guy that does hair that's, you know, in his 40s and 50s that will hook the shit out of you. So I don't understand why the hair was such a... I mean... Latinas really do their hair, right? And I, you know, that's great. So, and Selena did that. So I don't understand why they hate. As a gay man, I'm going to say, I protest. One thing that I did notice is that every time she stepped on stage, she was on slam, right? Every time she wasn't on stage, she looked like a hot mess. <clears throat> so, I mean, I think What do that, you mean? What do you mean? What do you mean? Well, like, when she was on stage performing... Like mm-hmm. everything was was perfect. And it wasn't just her. I mean, the band, you know, I mean, the way that they looked back then. Right. You know, with the matching outfit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when she's just like kicking it around the house or whatever, there was zero attempt to like make her look glamorous. I mean, other than like. Her no, no. Well, maybe yeah. she wasn't glamorous at home. I don't <laughs> I, don't I mean, know. but that's that's kind of the point. That's- yeah. Well, when you actually look at the, the my first impression, 
And I, I'm going to clarify, I'm Puerto Rican, I'm not Chicano, so I don't pretend to know Chicano culture other than my years at Michigan State University hanging out with my people, you know, the last 20 years. But in reality, I know that you could see the mom, she had like a bake of makeup put on. So yeah. if they can do that, you know, then why can't they do like the hair a little bit better? And the mom just looked like she had a wig put the wrong way. It was upside. It was, it was the wrong way. Every single wig they tried on her, you know, and it, it was just bad, man. And you know, the one that I kind of liked the most were some of the guys in the band. Yeah. One thing about it though, it, 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 when you compare how they looked on stage to, to how they looked at home is this was the era before uh, keeping up with the Kardashians and reality TV too. So there would be no reason to, uh, you know, there's not cameras all up in your house and all that stuff. And you weren't snapping sh selfies, shelfies. <laughs> I guess it is kind of a shelfie though, isn't it? You weren't snapping selfies of yourself all the time either and putting them up. That's a good point. Yeah. Look, but beyond the wigs for me, you know, I just want to say that I usually don't binge watch anything unless it's Star Wars. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Just Star Wars. Maybe some, you know, comedy that Alex has forces me to watch or something when we're hanging out. But I don't. I did this time because it totally took the music was on point. It really took me back to those years. I said, I think I sent it on a text to you. I'll say, I feel like I'm back hanging out, yeah. you know, at Michigan State University in the early nineties with this, you know, coming from Puerto Rico, this new introduction to what, you know, Chicanos and Mexican Americans were and, you know, then living it and partying and hanging out and learning about the culture. And Selena was part of that. And understanding how, you know, all those half of the songs, I know I was dancing with some of you, you know, at some point, you know. So it's just really, it was really good to see the story. It was a family story. There were no gangs. There were no rapists. There was no, it was such a positive, beautiful story within the family dynamics, right, of the dad being such a, you know, you know, man about stuff and business, but it was a beautiful start, uh, story that speaks of the, and as she said in, you know, that I am both Mexican, I am American, I am both. And through her music, she understood that. And it's a, it's a great look, add it to La Bamba and any disregarding the wigs and all that stuff, La Bamba and all these movies. That people, you know, for you to know, you know, what Selena did, you know, I thought it really brought a, a really positive. I don't know how fully true it is, but it was the sister who executive produced or something. So in that sense, I thought it was such a positive story about Mexican American life and culture in, in the U.S. back in, in those days. And the music was just great to me. You know? I think it's probably truer than the movie. Really? I think so. Yeah. Because in here, <clears throat> you know, there's one thing I don't know. You know, one of the things that I know about Selena is that her family had this flirtation with Jehovah's Witnesses. Right. And um, that's not in the movie at all, oh. but it is in this show. It is in this TV show. They don't name it explicitly, 
but they do talk around it and yeah. they do. Yeah. And I thought that that part was, that part was pretty, pretty interesting to me, but I, I agree with Juan Carlos 100%. And I think, you know, we have spent the past year talking about all these different ways that other people represent us and they tell our stories and they do all this other kind of stuff. And, you know, here comes this, this story out about this Mexican American family and they spend a lot of time in this, in this series talking about being Mexican American. Like, it's not just like that quick conversation in the movie where almost is talking about, you got to be good at Spanish and yeah. good at English. I mean, they have a conversation almost every other episode about what it means to be Mexican American. That is one thing that I think that kept me personally watching is because, you know, being a Chicana from Saginaw, Michigan and, and being in a very conservative white school system and then going into as an adult into like the real world, I was just like, dang, I'm not Mexican enough or I don't speak Spanish or I don't know this and I don't know that. But like, and how candid it was of her struggle to learn Spanish and to like relate to her culture. Like that was really cool to me, how they were really willing because their, their family, they're so picky about how they portray her and like some of even the more like risque decisions that she may have, you know, done. Um, and that they were willing to to show her in that light. Yeah, and I think it goes to the point of like who's telling the story, right? It's her family telling the story. So I think that was important that it's not been modified. I found that the acting kind of interesting. Yeah, I found the acting kind of interesting because I know the, the young lady that plays Selena got a lot of criticism, but if you've seen the actress before, uh, Christina Serratos. She plays a character on The Walking Dead, whose name I can't remember right now. Mm-hmm. But on The Walking Dead, the character is just a character in a comic book. There's no real like life to that character other than what's on those pages. And she really kills it on The Walking Dead. With Selena, it looked like she kind of grew into it by the end of part one, by the end of what's on there now. She yeah. got better at portraying it, but it just shows you portraying somebody that's already lived and there's yeah. video hard. Yeah, it's hard. Do you mimic them? Do you copy them? Do you try to talk like they did? Do you try to move like they did? Do you try to make the person that your own when you know they're not? It's difficult. And then if you look at the actor that played Pete, um, he was in a show called um, My Block. On my, my, my Block. On My Block. I watched the oh, episode. I love the show. I love his that character, show. Yeah, he his character was great on the show because he had the biggest arc. He had the transformation, even though he didn't transform to the end of the series. It was a great story, his part. Yeah. And in the Selena series, he doesn't really get to act at all. He's just kind of like, um, he's just there. He's got like a couple lines. You know who he is. You know who did he who play? He Pete Acevedo? What's that? Who did he play? Pete, uh, Pete Acevedo? Pete Acevedo, or? yeah. Yeah, yeah and you know, and, and I, the guy's a great actor, but he, there just wasn't much for him to do in the series, which mm-hmm. I don't think that's any fault of his or the people who made the show. Um, and then the the guy that played A.B., he was on a show called East Slows High. Has anybody ever seen that? Heard of yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. Now, when you want to talk about like bad acting and bad writing and bad everything, but I still watched it. That was that was East <laughs> Slows High. That was on Hulu, right? Yeah, it's all on Hulu. Like, My sister loved that show. She made me watch it a couple times. <laughs> you know, the only thing I can say about it is, like I said, I watched it all. I mean, it was it was worth a watch. 
but they do touch on a lot of different like social issues. They touch on immigration. You know, they got a character that's undocumented. They talk about teen pregnancy, um, STDs, AIDS, all kinds of stuff that they touch on. It's just that, you know, they're all really young actors, unexperienced actors. But he was on the show and he was kind of the main character throughout the series. And I thought he did a really good job. I mean, I don't know how much of that is true to AB's life, but he was a good actor on that show and he was a good actor in this series. One thing, I, like you said, like it got better as it went on. The beginning of it was like a bad Lifetime movie. Like, have you ever mm-hmm. seen like a bad Lifetime biopic, like the Whitney or the Aaliyah biopic? Like, that's what it started off with. And I was like, I'm just going to power through this because of the last podcast we did about like our portrayal. And I was like, you know, I just want to, you know, power through this. And it ended up, you know, it was worth to watch. I thought overall the series was good. Who, the actress was she is the actress who played her is she um is she mexicana or is she chicana does anybody know i thought i don't know she, i should look it up real quick which actress i thought i looked it up i thought pretty much the entire almost the entire cast was chicano or mexican american i think a, a the person that portrayed ab i think he's hondureño but he she was is. yeah yeah so she pretty gonna, much yeah this she's was, from pasadena too good for her this 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 full pretty much the, not the i don't know but the main characters they're chicano mexican american you know yeah, it was like the conversations I had around Selena in like the TV show, I guess, was like talking with like my ninos and my mom and dad and basically being like, you know, for Chicanos, for like people who grew up listening to her music or like, well, like I grew up after she died. But like for y'all who like were able to like experience what it was like having her as like an icon, it was like. You know, you don't really need the series because you know what her life was like, you know, the story and stuff. But it was it's like a good marker of like you can bring people in and tell her story to other people that aren't part of the culture. And then for them to be like, okay, well, this is like a more accurate representation of what is it like being like Chicana of being Latino within like American society and so I was talking to some of my um, Indian American friends and they're like yeah like you know like they really want to watch this show one because I gave it a good recommendation and so they're like okay well we trust it because Carol said something but the other thing was like yeah like we want to watch it because you know the other examples of like Chicanas and of just Latinos in cinema and in popular cinema isn't great. And so like they already know she's this icon and that we love her. And so it's a good, like, you know, stepping stone into learning more. Does anybody remember where they were the whole, where were you when you, when you heard the news thing, like where y'all were when, when y'all heard about what happened, when she got killed. That was 94, I think when she got killed. I think I was with Maria. If it was in the 90s, me and Mirella's were, yeah. Yeah. We were always together. We were probably around. speeding home from campus to watch the OJ trial. Probably. Yeah. We no. did that quite a bit. I, I don't exactly <laughs> Alex is re- just cracking up over there. <laughs> no, I, I don't exactly I remember. remember where I was. Well, was I wasn't. 
It was Cesar Chavez's birthday, March thirty first. Was it? In I didn't remember. The day. I, I remember. I remember where I was, but I didn't know it was that date. No, ninety five. What am I doing with this? Because I remember. I remember going to. The, I was going to the airport to pick up somebody, and it came on the radio, and I had to tell my friend coming in, uh, who we're picking up from at the airport, and it was just weird. It was like one of those moments, you know what I mean? Like it was kind of weird. Well, if it was March 31st in 1994, we were at some sort of event on campus. I can tell you that. 95. 95. Probably still at some sort of event on campus. Yeah. If it was I, was, I was at Michigan State in Lansing. Yeah. yeah. East Lansing. Yeah. yeah. 94. Uh, yeah. And I remember, I remember thinking like, who the hell would kill her? Like, what? Like, why her? Like, she didn't do damn thing. Yep. Anybody make you dance like some good music? Like what? The minute that lady said she would do that for free, they should have been like, "No, nah, we'll we'll get somebody else." Because, uh, well, what freaked me out was the face of the lady. Like yeah, was like, for. yeah, I'm like, uh, but I mean, and that's the thing that a lot of these fan clubs are. F- people do it for free, right? And back then, like now, I'm sure they get paid and they're executive directors of the fan club or whatever. But back then, I think it was kind of new. And, you know, um, yeah, they were new about it. You know, Quintanilla family was all new to them as well. So they didn't know. But the thing is, is that, you know, that was the thing. They were talking about protecting Selena, protecting Selena, and they ended up bringing somebody without knowing it that was going to end up killing her, you know? And it's it's very sad, you know? I wanted to touch on what Carolina was saying earlier. Um, I have a 10-year-old daughter, and I was like, let's watch Selena on Netflix. Uh, it's I have a 21-year-old and a 10-year-old still in the house. No, she's... Yeah, 21 and 10. And I said, you guys want to watch Selena with me on Netflix? And Mayeli was like, sure, we'll watch it. But then she says, why is Selena so important? And then I get one of these like, like, what do you mean you don't know who Selena is? And why is she so important? And so I had to compose my face. And I said, well, and then I started to explain to her. And then we watched some of the movies. She didn't get as glued to it as I did. But um I just was explaining to her that, you know, um, the whole we're, who we are and where we come from and that there is not a lot of women in Hollywood or in the music industry that uh, even at that time and still today that really represent a Chicana, that what I think a Chicana is, right, or a Mexican-American. And they're either Mexican singers or they're pop uh, Mexican singers, but they're not both, right? And so, uh, like with the death of Jenny Rivera, too, I mean, who else has left? I guess I'm maybe out of the loop, but there's not a whole lot of people that we are icons that we can point to, to our kids to say, you know, Chicanas can be, you know, they can do this, they can be popular, they can sing, they can, you know, operate on a resurgence and do whatever, they, but, you know, that she was just very, um, unaware and so i was like oh my god i'm not doing my job as a as a, as a I think kind of mom <laughs> with a lot of things like they like i wasn't born until 90s my sister eldora she is um 33 so like 
I grew up just wanting to be like her and trying to be into whatever she was into. But when anything that I cherish, whether it was, you know, like I mentioned, like Pocahontas, the story of it is trash, but I saw Brown Princess and it made me excited. Like, so I want to watch me with Lilo and Stitch. (laughs) (laughs) So I want to watch these things and I'm like, yeah, nieces and nephews, let's watch. And they're just like, that's old and whack. And I'm just like, the other thing that I was thinking about when I was watching it is for me, we were really like dirt poor. Like, I mean, I could tell you stories and talk could tell you stories about how poor our family used to be because I'm thinking about the guinea pig story. We'll get into that another day. <laughs> but um, there, we were really poor. And I think that that movie really spoke that uh the the series not the movie the movie didn't delve into how they struggled uh you know and uh going in their traveling and things like that but they were poor i mean they were not of any you know means and then when they moved in with their brother in the brother's garage or something like that i can't remember where where they ended up during that part of the series but they were at one point not homeless right and so that's reality for a lot of us kind of growing up. There wasn't a lot of fashion in our house. There wasn't a lot of, you know, uh, name brand anything or name brand makeup or we weren't allowed to wear makeup for a long time. And I thought, oh, we have such strict parents. It was not necessarily because they were strict. We didn't have the means to act the way other girls were acting, dress like the other girls were acting. So it spoke a lot to that. And then for her, in my household, I wasn't allowed to have a boyfriend. I could never even mention a boy's name in the household without, you know, my dad immediately just getting on, you know, on me about it. Um, I didn't have a boyfriend until I went to college, um, a real boyfriend, I guess, until I went to college. But, you know, it, and they just, I know they were trying to protect her, but I think in, in the Latino community, the Mexican-American community, I don't know how you develop a positive relationship with somebody unless it's behind everybody's back, right? You, you're hiding, you're passing notes, you're meeting around here, meeting there, um, but it's not. Um, so I think that that's what spoke to me a lot, like her love story, trying to keep it secret, trying to, you know, why is it her brother was able to marry and she still couldn't have a boyfriend? And then, you know, just... Well, I mean, Suzette's boyfriend called and asked if he could take her out. And the old man was like, sure. Right. Yeah. So what was so different, you know, about Selena that, you know. Because she was the moneymaker. That's what was different. Well, yeah. Yeah. But I guess that's kind of what spoke to to me as uh, when I was watching well, it was very interesting to me how, and I think that this was just, you know, I, I'm talking about the pelucas a lot, you know, not trying to put them down, right? But the thing is, is that they, 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 you could tell that they were, that they were not rich, right? But the thing is, is that the dad was so well put together every single day. And, and, you know, all the makeup that they had on, but I think that's just part of making something for TV. You know, but I, the the fact that the entire family was sleeping in that big old van and the whatever the bus, the tour bus, right, with the band members, and you know that's intense, real work. You know, and you saw the dedication. 
within what I felt was really macho, you know, man dominant, you know, the dad behavior, right? In in terms of how he behaved in many ways. And I was talking to my housemate, credit to my friend Marta, who said like that he was compared that the Quintanilla family was kind of like the Jackson family oh, the Jackson. in a way, right? And how the dad was abusive. And I'm not saying the same level or the same way, right? But in the movie, in the series, you could tell that, wow, dude, take a break. You know, you're really putting so much pressure on your own kids for success. And sure, everybody wanted their success. But as the adult, you manage that somehow, right? And, you know, I don't want to take that away from what I thought he, he did a great job and what the one of the band members said, you are the tree where a lot of branches benefit from. No doubt that he was with the mom, right? It was the mom who kept on checking him all the time. It's like, you need to like slow it down and try to hold his horses. But it really showed the struggle of a, you know, a family of Mexican-American Chicano artists, right? Because they were all artists trying to make their way into not just Tejano music, but crossing over to, I hate that, crossing over. They're already here. They don't need to cross anywhere, right? <laughs> but crossing over to the English language market and how much they struggled with the, you know, uh, record company and how, you know, that, that they all learned their lessons, but how they they found their niche and how they found their way into making it what they wanted, making a reflection of their Mexican-American dreams, and, you know, really created a business. I don't know if to call it an empire, but probably close enough, right? Because she did not only sing and dance, and they created music, and he was a composer, but she designed her own clothing. She designed the clothing for the dance. My favorite was the pet, the cow print. That's my favorite. You know, I just love that one. It just took me back to my, you know, my 90s in Michigan. But in reality, she was so talented. And I was looking into, you know, Selena in relationship to Puerto Rico, right? And she went to Puerto Rico right before she was killed. And she was looking to open a boutique of her own designs in the island. But because she passed, it didn't happen. So it's very interesting how, you know, Selena not just had a presence in uh, the U.S. and in Mexico, but all of Latin America, really. And, you know, I can speak for Puerto Rico in that sense by, you know, um, so in that sense, it was great to see such a positive, and I'll say it again, story of a Chicano Latino family moving forward in whatever business they decided to get into and how they stuck together. And it was great. Truly recommend it. That's funny you say that, Juan Carlos, because I was thinking about how, um, like, um, uh, she was one of the few who was going to make or who it's very I don't think it's ever been done quite where there's a a Latino artist in the United from the United States, a United States based, you know, a Chicano or Lat that actually breaks into the Latino market and has such like an influence in the Latino market, like in Latin America. Becky G. 
Okay. Becky G's I mean, done that, but that's all trail-based by Girl, Sam. Becky G is new. You got to talk about Jennifer yes. Lopez and a bunch of other people. But Selena right. was going to definitely be before anything yeah. Jennifer Lopez was. I don't, and I, I don't know how many there were before that. Like, I, I mean, that's, I think, that's also something that's really interesting. Like, I didn't even really, I mean, of course. Gloria I, Stefan, maybe, you know. Maybe. But, like, I remember hearing a friend of mine from Honduras was knew who selena was but he was like yeah my sister when she was a little girl like she would just play her songs on loop like constantly over and over and over and i was like man i didn't even know she had 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 that much of a of a you know a following or people really knew her that much in latin america but apparently there was yeah. i knew in mexico I knew, of course in, in the u.s but i didn't think it to Honduras or to other yeah. parts of latin america this was not regional you know, I, Tejano Regional. This is was Tejano Internacional, you know, for sure. Because she was, I mean, I, I don't know Europe and other continents, but she was in Latin America. You know, people knew of her. A lot of people knew of her. Um, so, yeah. I think people, they were saying that, um, you know, their criticism was that it was it dragged a little bit. The story dragged. And I it didn't drag for me at all. It didn't drag for me um, either. Yeah. It was, it, I love the fact that they showed, you know, her with Johnny Canales and doing all these other things because it shows that there's diversity and there's more of a, there's a, and, and then the awards, you know, when she was getting the awards, I mean, it showed that there's, there's more than just, you know, the one Selena, there's other Tejano artists, there's, there's a whole industry in Tejano artists, right, and Tejano music, um, it didn't delve too much into it, but it still showed it and it still, uh, talked about it and how she was anticipating to see if she was one of the nominees or not. And they listed out La Mafia. They listed out some of these other ones, right? And oh my God, La Sombra. I mean, I remember um, the very first time I learned how to dance was watching my mom and dad because we went to La Pulga de Alamo and they we that they were they had uh, bands, little bands like theirs, like like uh, Selena's bands coming to La Pulga. Um, and dancing and that's how I learned how to dance watching them and then I started dancing and um, but these you know there's there was huge concerts I remember there was a concert that Johnny Canales did right on the border um, and might have been um, you know one of the they showed it on on the on the Netflix series that um, you know the one the one in, that they did it right by the border but they they were pretty frequent there was these huge solares these huge vacant lots of just huge and then they would the Stani Kalanes would set up a stage bring some bands and I mean people from across the border and people from this side I mean it was huge it was packed and the dust because it's just dusty it was just really bad terrenos that were just they were dry and everybody dancing and everybody was full of dust on their feet because I mean it was great I mean I I really enjoyed that part too just the, the that there is a there's talent, there's diversity in, in, in the Tejano community. And that came up a little bit too. Anybody, anything that shows Johnny Canales, I'm cool with. Johnny Canales is like one of my fondest memories. Like, Seguro que si, take it away. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I remember the day in Saginaw when we got the Spanish channel and could watch Johnny Canales. I was a teenager and I was spent a lot of time at my grandma's house and we were watching the show and I kept seeing these women like walking on stage and kissing the guy band members. I'm like, what's what's going on? And I asked my grandma. She's like, yeah, they let them whoever their favorite band member is. They can go up and kiss while they're performing. 
And I'm just like, what, what world is this? It just opened me up to a lot of things um, I had never seen. Because at that point in my life, I had never been to Texas or been to the Southwest at all. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that was kind of my first experience with some of that stuff. And I think- then I met Phineas and she told me that, you know, all the stories she had growing up because she spent a lot of time in Corpus Christi and in, you know, that area. And she would tell me stories, too, about how in in her days growing up, you could go and watch Selena for like three bucks. At a, nice. At a that's you that's know, the thing. Five that's bucks the thing, at the man. door. It's like being in San Antonio here. I mean, some people now would be like, you did what? But there were a couple of, t- there were a couple of times where it, it was it became like um, kind of common. Like you'd be like, oh, Selena's playing. And then it'd be like, nah, we saw her a couple of weeks. Nah, it's okay. Like, we'll blow that one off. Well, let's go to another, you know. Yeah. And, and because it, it wasn't, Crazy. not that it wasn't a big deal, but it was just like, okay, Selena's playing again. All right, you know. Uh, and I wish. What wish. people's real issue with the series was is that it wasn't mainstream like Selena. Like if they weren't like listening to anything other than her hits and they weren't, they, you know, they only knew, you know, the movie and that short haired, huge 80s diva fan Selena, like they weren't into the series. I thought, it was, I thought it was really nuanced. Especially, I think, the relationship between the, the parents and the kids. I mean, could you imagine, you know, trying to find balance between making your daughter an international pop star or, you know, singer and um, also not being a total fucking asshole at the same time? I mean, that's that's got to be a tight rope to walk, you know. And so I think what's interesting is that uh, in the movie, fairly sympathetic towards the father. TV show, fairly sympathetic towards the father. I think that, um, I mean, you know, he's, I think he's probably a lot like a lot of our dads, you know, in the hotel room. Oh, dude, that was was tough. It was the whole time. Well, I felt that right down. I felt that all the way down to my feet because I could just imagine my dad snapping his fingers at me and pointing and like, okay, you and me outside. And I was just like, damn, that fool's wobble you know <laughs> but i mean yeah but your dad would do that because she didn't take the trash out or didn't do your homework mm-hmm. or didn't clean up not because they were trying to make you a superstar right <laughs> well no, that was I the mean, exact my, same look my dad gave me when he walked down on me smoking weed that was the exact same look <laughs> the exact same so thing. what is this you want so <laughs> you know <laughs> Yeah, the kinda. other thing that it had it had a strong message of not losing yourself and your identity, right? I mm-hmm. think that was really cool when she was with the the designers and the fashion people to try to make her something different that she's not, and 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 all. And then, um, but yeah, that's that was something that I think my when my Ellie's a little older, she's going to rewatch, and I hope she does take something like that from it because it's really, really, really easy to lose yourself in the glitz and the glamour and the internet, you know, the, just what they're trying to make you into this, this pop star. Um, and she wouldn't, she didn't give in. She had fashion sense, you know, she knew what she wanted. She, once she identified what she needed and she wanted, and she wanted to do her own line, she went and did it. Her sister supported her, you know, I mean, just, um, there's a lot to, to, to show young ladies that, you know, yeah. um, solidarity with each other, especially among sisters. Cause 
I know I didn't have it with my sisters for a long time. It wasn't until we all were older and had our own kids. We're like, oh, okay. You know, that, you know, so I don't know. That was really cool. Um, that part I really liked. That was one thing that really like irritated me. And they were like, we want to make you look more exotic. And I was just like, <sighs> yeah, yeah. Boiled yeah. my blood a little bit because she was like, I'm American. Yeah. And then the scene where she thanked the, uh, the, I can't remember what the other artist was when they were in the, during the award ceremony and she was in the bathroom and she want and she thanked that lady. Laura Canales. Laura Canales. Because there's others that were before you. And I mean, yeah. I, just, I just, that whole thing, that part of that, these w- did not come through in the movie and it came through here. And I, I just really, I was in one of my favorite parts. Did they yeah. did they address or did they talk any about the like her her feelings like when she was in Mexico like there was any Mexicano Chicano tensions like she couldn't quite speak Spanish yet or she didn't feel comfortable like there they... was a lot about her not being able to speak Spanish comfortably and like that was like one of my favorite parts of it all like how she was listening to tapes and watching novelas and yeah. she was just like when I come back to the show I'm gonna be a pro and I'm gonna speak Spanish better than him. And yeah. the thing, Canales, yeah. Johnny Canales, well, he wouldn't let that one go. Cabron. Yeah, he totally <laughs> didn't. He's like, come on, man, give her a break. You already yeah. said it. You've been saying it for like a decade already. Yeah. But the thing let, was that while her Spanish, the regular in the interviews was choppy and it got improved. You could see throughout the movie how it improved. Her singing in Spanish is perfect. You know, her her pronunciation and it just it's perfect Spanish. So she can really speak to it and she knew what the words meant, you know, even if Spanish wasn't her her native language and you know, just that true struggle of uh, I'm a, are you Mexican? Are you American? Well, I'm both. Well, you know, that's what I am. And it's okay with that. And I liked how they explained the cover of the albums, mm-hmm. how they try to make her like that first cover. She's supposed to be right exotic. I got so pissed with that. It's like, man, mm-hmm. your mom is exotic. Okay, exotic. <laughs> okay. <laughs> It was just so annoying. And then they were ba- that cover is based on a Moroccan, mm-hmm. right? In- inspired white people thoughts, right? And it-, it was just very difficult to, to see that and how she kind of didn't have a choice, but then how she totally refused that and how she fought it throughout her career very interesting how she and the family had to fight the you know those powers of this you know recording industry system white privilege system where it's run by and it benefits that specific you know like they like what she said what you think there's no none of my fans can listen to my spanish and my english yeah you know versions good. like why do you have to separate them you know know so she was very clear and she you know if her story if her family is telling this story it it makes it makes you proud to know that this young woman was very clear on where she stood on her values as a mexican-american woman what it meant to her what she wanted to portray what she wanted to you know, people to see her as versus what, you know, the industries and the systems wanted her to be. It was very nice. Yeah. Yeah, That's cool. I've always related to her, like, 
not being able to speak Spanish perfectly and like that was always like one of the things where I held on to since I was little of like okay well I can't speak Spanish perfectly and you're gonna make fun of me but like would you make fun of Selena like no you wouldn't she doesn't speak Spanish perfectly so that's cool that they talk about it more like I'm I'm excited to watch it once my finals are over and like I can actually sit down and enjoy it but yeah, I don't know. I have a lot of complicated feelings with like Chicano representation and like chi- the era of like Chicano movies and stuff. And so like it's nice to know that this is like good and that I can be excited to watch it. <laughs> and can I say that can you tell I did my homework today? <laughs> I man, I just totally got into this because it took me back to my college years, yeah. you know. How she, who were her idols, right? Like Jody Watley, an African American singer, right? Mm-hmm. Paula Abdul, right? Syrian, you know, uh background. And, you know, uh sure she had Madonna, you know, but she also had Laura Canales. So she had like a a diverse group of women who influence her music, her moves, her outfit decisions, and, you know, what she wanted to do in both languages, you know. So credit to that, to, you know, who inspired her and how she recognized. Oh, and Sheila E. I knew there was somebody else. Sheila E., Right. And it's just awesome. Really cool. Really cool. So all these women that, you know, I mentioned with the exception of Madonna on the side, maybe she's not white. Right. But the rest were women of color that back in the 80s and 90s, they were the representation before any Becky G and Jennifer Lopez and and all all those generation of women that have come through, you know, and we all wish Selena would have been one of them. But, you know, we got it. You know. They hinted a little at some of the older music that their dad had taught them, and they, you know that's how um, Av got some of the ideas for some of the songs that he got. But there's huge, I mean, huge stars and actresses in Mexico: Yolanda del Rio, Dolores. You know, um, not Dolores. Is it Yolanda? No, I can't it's remember Dolores. Her name. Dolores Del Rio. Del Rio. Del Rio. Yeah, and um, but there's all these really great um, Mexican women uh who have who have just this stardom right and then i i know there were some influences i didn't dive too much into all of those older songs that they were that their dad made them play but that's where those come from um even some of the men who who wrote those songs right uh in mexico and i mean they were so powerful and and yeah i i agree juan that, that there was uh there was a lot of influence that um was very diverse and it was very Mexican-American diverse. That's, that's the thing. Actually, I like Selena's like, um, you know, her pop stuff. That's cool. But I really like her stuff when she does like her rancheras, like her traditional type stuff. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's when I'm like, dang, man. Yeah. I mean, the other stuff is good. It's good. Bitty, bitty, bomb, bomb. Yeah, I mean, yeah, okay. It, you know, whatever. <laughs> it is what it's supposed to be. <laughs> but when she does those rancheras, man, when she does those older sites, like, Damn. Mm-hmm. She can sing. sing. I remember being sing. like six and with my hairbrush and pretending like I could, you know, understand what she was saying and trying to sing Kekarias <laughs> in my living room. Oh, it's so relatable. <laughs> I did that when I was 25. Yeah. <laughs> 
I guess quickly, I have a thought. What do you guys think of the, you know, the posthumous like monetization of of images of of people? You know, like that's one thing that I think about. Like, is this kind of creepy that pe- like the Mac collection for Selena? Like, that was purely just the amazing. Forever Twenty One line. Yeah. I, like, oh, sorry. Are like there things that get me excited? But I'm like, it's kind of gross. I mean, I think that uh, it. it you know, you think about how old uh, some of us were in in the 1990s. I'm, I'm a little bit older than some of you guys that I was at in, at, in school with. Um, but uh, and then you think about how much time has elapsed. Uh, all of all of those people now are mid career, right? Which means that they have money. And I don't think that I don't think that it's. I mean, I don't want to sound totally cynical about it, but I think that that has a lot to do with it. Is that what you're dealing with now? Is a is a population of people who have, uh, you know, a real sense of nostalgia around this. I mean, I know, you know, for myself, growing up the way that I did, I mean, we didn't listen to Mexican music. You know, we went to a couple of quinceañeras and stuff like that. But I didn't learn how to, like, dance cumbia or rancheras or anything like that until I got to Michigan State. Right. Okay, and my so, cumbia's weak, too. What's that? I said it's okay. My cumbia is weak too. Well, my cumbia ain't weak, but no, <laughs> it's you know it it was better when I was younger because I could move more and I had better knees. Um, but uh, you know I'm old, so I get a little bit of a pass. But I, the thing is, is that for me, like Selena and like all those people that are that are listed in that in that TV show, like all the other acts or whatever, that was absolutely my first initiation into yeah into Tejano music into into non-English music right mm-hmm. I mean that was it that was it for me so it's really um yeah it's really prominent in my mind and I think that if you think about all the other stuff that's happening in the 90s at the same time you know I mean there's a lot of shit that's happening in the 90s yeah and then I think it's also really easy to kind of forget just how massive Selena was at that moment. I mean, she was truly on the verge of becoming a superstar and, you know, and then to be, you know, gunned down. I mean, this is, it's, it's a classic story. So no, I'm, I'm not surprised by the clothing lines or, or any of those things. I mean, we bought Leona, my, our 14 year old, we bought her one of those Selena shirts and a whole bunch of other stuff. And, I mean, I was really happy. If the they're going to decide on a Star Wars, they might as well just there you buy. Go. Just like that. <laughs> we all get them. So buy Selena. But yeah. better. Yeah, I think yeah. that that but you're right. I mean, Cecilia, it can be. It can. It's bordering in the gross, right, in terms of profit making. In that, you know, is that profit going to the community where she came from? No, right. no, right. It's not. Um, however, though, it it is. Uh, you know. I don't know. It's part of every culture. And like Todd said, sentimentality. I just posted a link to the stripes, to the stripes uh, gas station who are selling Selena cups. And my sister bought all that she could. And she sent every, all of the relatives cups. I have mine. I don't even know why I didn't bring it. Um, but I think that's kind of cool, right? That you're part of something that everybody is doing. Um, although, um, yeah, I mean, in terms of the profit, I don't necessarily know if the profit's going back to the people where, or, you know, uh, Mexican-Americans. Um, I know, Alex, I saw that you were going to say something. 
Well, I was just going to say, I'm assuming it's her father and her family that have control of the trademark. I mean, oh, I'm sure. Right. And then I'm like, and it's how, how are they handling the sales of it? But I definitely think there should be like T-shirts and cups and socks and flip-flops. That say, I want some flip-flops. Right? Some that say Selena on it. I'm like, why not? You know, and... The Selena Chancleta, you the know. Selena Chancleta. <laughs> You'll hit your real hard if you don't follow what mom and dad say, right? Right. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, it, it, she's a very popular figure. And yeah. if you can buy something with LeBron James or like. Yeah, why not Selena, you yeah, know. Whomever, whatever singer, yeah, right? Yeah, then why yeah. not? If you can go find a Menudo t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. You should be able to go here. Okay. Well, yes. my sister, I think there's like a, some, and we will not discuss Menudo. If you all decide to discuss <laughs> Menudo, I will not be. And I'm from Puerto Rico. So my sister, there's a Netflix or something show going on, and she's watching it with my 12-year-old niece. So talking about that intergeneration of learning what, you know, what it was at in our times, right, when we were like teenagers, you know, in our 20s, right, and what was the cultural influences as well as the stories of those, you know, Latinx, Chicano, you know, Chicana in individuals and groups that gave name to our cultures, you know, outside of, you know, our respective, you know, regions and, and countries. So it was just great to see that reaction. But I will never watch that Menudo thing. I will <laughs> never talk about it. I already have enough with listening to my brother and my sister mention stuff about it. I, I think we're going to see a lot more stuff about the 90s. And it's and it's coming. It's coming quick. It's annoying. It's yeah. annoying. Stop. Okay. <laughs> Stop. I mean, I I think the nineties. I I think the nineties are really important. I think they're really important to understanding a lot of the things that are happening right now. Yeah, you know, I mean, in society, like you I, said, like fine, but most not people like culture who were born in the eighties and nineties, like they have they have money now. So like my sister, my boyfriend, they all you know buy things what? that are nostalgic to them. But I think it's more like people born in the seventies, eighties, late sixties, seventies, right? Those, I mean, those are like. Yeah. Go, Maria, with your cups. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's late 60s, early 70s. The, that's that's the generation yeah, that we're really, because they're, yeah. they're the ones that really hit the 90s. Like they were being adults. They were becoming adults right then. Yep. I, knew, I knew we were getting marketed to now. I was like, oh, shit. Now I'm a demographic. They want now I'm a demographic. <laughs> we are the viejitos <laughs> sitting at home. Were the viejitos and viejitas sitting at home after work I mean, all tired? They, they, just I think it was a Toyota tea. Toyota commercial put a, a song on for their prop for a Toyota, like uh, and it was a punk rock song that I used to mosh to back in the day. I'm like and I'm like, oh man, they know who's now getting in their forties and like Yo. yeah, I'm gonna well, buy a Toyota. Car. Mosh well, in the, the car. Have you seen? Have you seen how uh, right wing and uh, uh, Johnny Rotten is? Oh no! It went. I mean, total sellout. Fascist too. Yeah. Well. I mean, punk. Right, punk <laughs> is yeah. Latinx. It's queer. Like anyone who isn't like anti-establishment, anti-fascist, can't call themselves a punk rocker. Also, like, like, period. What Chicana young girl didn't go through, like, 
some heavy punk band's face. Like, some I got pictures. You got pictures. I'm, I'm, I'm still in it. What are you talking about? <laughs> I know. I'm still listening to it. I found out recently that, um, oh my God, what is it? But one of the bands I listened to in middle school is like all like Mexican American. And I'm like, oh shit. Who's scream, that? Scream your Mexican hearts out. Oh, let me, let me find it. Give me a second. Well, Alex, you, you, you never had a punk face, Alex? No? It's like a, it's like a late twenties and, and under thing. Like we all, like we had like some punk phases. Like so probably hey, closest was like some ska music like maybe my <laughs> freshman year and there were some concerts and some basements that i would <laughs> don't, don't let todd laugh todd todd heard plenty of uh <laughs> of madness and all that kind of stuff oh uh, i'm laughing because i'm not laughing because of the sky i like sky i'm laughing because that's the closest that she got to punk <laughs> that's why i'm laughing Pierce the Veil. That's the band. Oh. <laughs> Pierce the Veil. And then the, what is it? The basis for My Chemical Romance is like Puerto Rican or something I like that. I never knew that. The, the basis or the modern basis for Metallica is Mexican-American. Oh, yeah. I've done my research on like Mexican punks, man. Like Alice Bags, all those people from oh, out here I- like who started like LA punk. Like can go on about it. Well, that's just showing that we have our own Carolina. culture because Oh, because they didn't know that that was a thing that we have band spaces when we're like preteen. Yeah, skinhead, skinhead appropriated like all this like you know California punk and like rock and stuff like that. So, fuck skinheads. Uh, yeah, bags. I got her autograph, but I grew up with Alice Bags. And, yeah, uh, one of my friends from school actually like Alice Bags does a whole bunch of like community organizing in LA, yeah. and so she. Like her mentor is Alice Bags, which I was like, we had a cool that's conversation cool. about it. I was like, that's wild, but that's really cool. So we're we're at forty five minutes right now. So I, I think that um yeah, what we should do is maybe go around and everybody, uh, just real quick, uh, say, you know, whether or not they think that people should um, watch uh, Selena. Let's see if we can do maybe like make a short, short statement about it. Um. And then we can wrap it up like that. Does that sound good? Alex, you want to go first? Sure. So I'm giving Selena two thumbs up. I think everybody should watch it and try to make it like top 10 in the Netflix, you know, that thing that they do. Juan Carlos. Carcacha, poco a poquito. No dejes de tambalear. Let me tell you something. Boricua, Chicano, Salvadoreño, you're Latino, Latina, Latinx. Watch it. And I don't really care for much of TV, but really watch this. It's a beautiful story about our people. Reiner. TV watching is your thing. Might as well make it quality. And that's a little bit of a 90s nostalgia and an insight. So, so go do it. Sosa. You know what? I give it I give it a thumbs up. I thought it was good. You know, I mean, Todd, I think over the last couple of years you've probably learned how hard it is to make a make a, a show or a movie. I have. <laughs> you know, so I mean I appreciate the work that goes into it. I mean, what that the actors do, that the producers do. I think everybody's had something negative to say about the wigs and whatever, but hey, I guess the only wig I noticed was Pete's, but whatever. 
Um, was that I thought a, a lot of people did a good job on it. Accepted. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. See Hernand. Yeah, definitely check it out. I myself am looking forward to checking it out. It's got good uh, good reviews from people that I respect their opinion. So go do it. Go check it out. All right. Overa. I think it's definitely worth a watch. It definitely resonated with me as um, Chicana, Mexican-American, and I'm sure you guys will love it too. Zavala. Definitely. Get your big hair do on and uh, sit <laughs> yeah. Um, my hair is so big, it covers my headsets. But um, yeah, no, definitely talks about not losing your identity. And that's the biggest message I think I took from it. Um, so I hope uh, to hear some more good reviews and what people get out of it once they see it. I agree. I give it two thumbs up, too. I thought it was I thought it was very sweet and very, very nice. I think it was just amazing. Some of the things that that they talked about, you know, especially coming back to the whole identity thing which is such a huge issue right now. And, and really how they were navigating that back in the eighties. I mean, I remember being around their age in the eighties and us having those same types of conversations. Like when Reiner and I were at community college together and we had a three hour debate about whether we were the Hispanic student caucus or the Latino student caucus. Right. <laughs> um, that's legit. Like we no, really- no, it, it, it was, it was worse than that. It was club or caucus. Oh, that's right. Club or caucus. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you know, words matter, right? The meanings change, but words matter. So I think Selena, I think Selena rocks. I, I thought she rocked then. I think she rocks now. I think you should watch it. Carolina, you got the last word, sister. Okay, I I definitely think you should watch it. I mean, even if it sucked, like to give money and support to something made by La Gente, like it's so important. And this is good as far as like everyone can, like everyone says, right? I haven't finished watching it, but like it's good. And so we should support good things that come from like us as well as like a good representation, as everyone's saying, of what it means to be Mexican-American and Latinx and Chicanx whatever however you identify like support la gente in front of the screen behind the screen as well as getting good entertainment and a good happiness in a world where you're stuck at home and can't do anything else this is the reality dysfunction